Hello and welcome to The Skin You're In. This is the show where we empower you to make decisions about aesthetic treatments. This conversation is with my friend and colleague, bleh, with my friend and colleague. This conversation is with my friend and colleague. This, this conversation is with my friend and colleague, Colleen Bender. There. This is a, a huge amount of information. I hope that it holds your attention. It's, I, I feel like super, super helpful for people walking into aesthetic treatments who just have like no idea what's Botox, how does it work, how does it used. It's just that we just provided so much value in this next 30 minutes. Um, please, as always, reach out and let me know if this was helpful. If it's too dense, too much, too long, I would love to serve you better. So let me know and enjoy. Okay, good. You and I met how many years ago? Oh, it's been a while. Like six, seven, probably ish. eight years ago because our and we were pregnant together with our second. Yes, as CRNAs. Yes, at CMC. Mm -hmm. And then, very surprisingly, we both signed up to do training for aesthetics, um, but not knowing that the other person had had signed up. Exactly, we we're just on the same way. So we are on this trip together, and it's, it's been really great. Yes. To have somebody. It's nice to have someone to bounce things off of and to go through the process with and to talk things out with. Yes. So. And I'm grateful that you have all sorts of things in your office that I don't have in my office. So I send my patients to you. <laughs> I'm like, you need a laser. This is my friend Colleen. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> but today we're going to talk about um, botulinum toxins. Yes. And we are kind of specifically talking to people who are not medical, don't do aesthetics, um, but certainly I'm sure anyone could gather something. Um, but we're talking about like, what is botulinum toxin? How does it work? How do we use it to treat things that, pe that bother people? Mm -hmm. What can it do? What can it not do? All that good stuff. Yeah. So when someone walks into your office for a consultation and they're like, I'm does, someone, does this happen to you? And they're like, I've never done this before. I have no idea what mm. I'm doing. I'm terrified, but I think I want Botox. Yes. And then I ask them, well, why do you think you want Botox? And usually what they'll say is like, this line right here between my eyebrows is really bothering me. Um, it's getting worse over time. It's there all the time. It makes me look like I'm angry. And I tell people, well, the treatment for that would definitely be Botox between your eyebrows. And I explain to people that Botox will relax the muscle that there's a couple of different muscles involved in relaxing that particular area. It's not just one muscle. So it's your glabella region and the glabella region is your corrugator muscles and your procerus muscle. And it all kind of works together to pull your eyebrows down and in that form that line between your eyebrows. And so we relax the muscle yeah. and it makes the line go away. Beautiful, beautiful, very succinct. And um, let's start with somebody walks in and they say, I think I want Botox. Do you ever talk? Like, cause you don't actually carry the Botox brand. Do you? Yeah. I tell people that I don't prefer Botox brand Botox, but I have other botulinum toxins that I think work as well or better than botulinum toxin without some of the issues that Botox has had over the last few years. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Same with me. Um, so there are in the U S right now, there are five, there's Botox brand, Xeomin, Disport, Disport Juvo. Juvo, 
And then Daxify will be coming out in the next several months. Yes. So there's five brands. And yeah, I kind of agree. I think I carried Xeomin and Disport. You carry both Xeomin and Disport? Yes. So I kind of feel like two varieties covers all your bases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's they're all botulinum toxins. Actually, I heard recently that all the molecule of botulinum toxin for all the different brands comes from the same place. And where is that? I believe it's in like Switzerland or Sweden or one of those it's, it's S started somewhere. Yeah. Except Daxify is going to be the only one that's produced made in the in US. US. Yeah. Yes. All the other ones are manufactured elsewhere. And it is a very different, it's a different product. Mm-hmm. It's different. We haven't yeah. got to play with it yet, but suffice to say botulinum toxin is a byproduct created by the um, Colostridium oh, yeah. bacterium, yeah, C. which is funny because if you get C. diff, you're in you are not happy. Not a happy person. You're pooping no. your brains out. That's what C. diff is. <laughs> but it's funny because yeah. that's where Botox comes from. Botulinum yeah. toxin comes mm-hmm. from. And then all these different companies get the botulinum toxin and then they package it differently. They package it differently for different reasons, for efficacy. Um, they're also very like proprietary, so they don't share information with each mm-hmm. other. So they all like had to reinvent the wheel in terms mm-hmm. of packaging. So Botox came out first and it came out like... A very long time ago and it was used to treat spasms of the eye muscle and when they treated the spasms of the eye muscle they were like hey your crow's feet went away too you're looking pretty good mm-hmm. so botulinum toxin for cosmetics or botox cosmetic didn't come out until 2002 2002 and then i think it was like 2006 that disport was like the second one really okay yeah. i didn't know that yeah yeah gene carruthers you might know that name carruthers and carruthers it was husband wife mm-hmm. um Eye, eye surgeons and I, I heard a funny story that she had a patient whose spasm like their actual medical problem was better and they came back to her office and they were like angry and she was like why are you angry your problem got better and they were like yeah but my forehead lines are back <laughs> and she was like what and that's how they started huh. treating it treating lines that way huh. fascinating yeah so it can be used for medical purposes too it can be used to treat migraine headaches it can be used to treat jaw clenching or um, TMJ issues. It can be used for a lot of different things. People use it um, internally to help with bladder issues, to help with acid reflux issues, swallowing issues. Yeah, and I like to also point out to people that the dose that is used for contractures, so contractures like small children or even adults um, syndromes where muscles are like stuck in contraction. It's called a contracture. They treat that with botulinum toxin and the dose is like much, much, much higher than we would ever use in your face. So in terms of safety, people are often worried about the Mm -hmm. safety. And the dose that we use is nowhere near enough to cause like neurological damage to your body. Mm -hmm. We're also in very small, very superficial muscles. So the idea that it would be um, absorbed into your bloodstream and go to the rest of your body to any real significant degree is not really possible. But of note, we don't treat people that are pregnant or technically breastfeeding because it's never been studied in those people. So it's not have has never been deemed safe. It's not necessarily dangerous, but it's just never been deemed safe for pregnant patients. Yes. Yes, I may have one or two patients who say, I'm not breastfeeding. <laughs> winky, winky. Winky, wink. And I go, okay, Sounds let's fix good. your nails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're pregnant, whatever. Yeah, when you're breastfeeding, just, just give me the winky, winky. It's not, it's not getting into your no. child. No. 
or causing any damage in any significant doses. Now, I do like the little factoid that botulinum toxin is the second most uh, research drug of all time, second only to Viagra. Hmm. But you can get uh, migraine treatment with Botox while you're pregnant. That's been studied. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Cosmetic has not been studied. So well, that's total BS. Now I'm going to start treating pregnant people. I know. Well, I'm going to research that a little more before you go down that road. But yes. That is interesting. Yeah. Huh. It also has antidepressive effects. Yes. Glabella treatment in particular. So if you get your glabella treated, there's been studies that show that it does have an antidepressive effect. Yes. So if you're just feeling like down and crappy and not yourself and you just want to do something small to change it, even if it's something small that's temporary, try a little Botox. Interestingly, yeah, that, that's a good um, that's a good research study. But I and but there's so much going on there because mm-hmm. they say that it, it's regardless of so the, the the depression and anxiety and depression. Okay, excuse me. The reduction in anxiety and depression is unrelated to both the dose and the location, right? But the okay. problem, not problem, but the, the conf- confounding factors are that most of the time, if you're treating headaches or contractures or bladder spasm or whatever, you make the person better. Mm-hmm. So maybe the depression is treated because their because symptoms, their are, symptoms better. are improved. You know, so I think what what the scientists have kind of gathered, what the, where they've landed is that there is some some innate thing about botulinum toxin that decreases your depression. Mm-hmm. It also decreases symptoms of bad things, mm-hmm. and we have we do have feedback mechanisms in this forehead part where our elevens or angry lines are created, whereby if you stop that facial expression, you feel less angry. So that's a real yeah. thing. It's like multifactorial. Right, right. That's so a real if you thing. if you get rid of the scowl on your face, you'll no longer feel like making a scowl. Yes. Yeah. And I love to tell my patients that I I experienced this mm-hmm. the very first time I ever had treatment. Mm-hmm. I, was, I remember it very clearly. I was standing in my kitchen and my kids were being kids. my kids, <laughs> and I'm standing in the kitchen going, "Why am I not more irritated?" I should be very annoyed right now. Mm -hmm. And I was not. I was calm. So I went to my nanny Mm -hmm. and I said, who I had treated at the same time that I had received treatment. And I said, do you feel less irritable? She was like, I do. And it was the funniest thing. (laughs) Now, I do ask all of my, especially my first time patients, like, did you feel less irritable? And I would say Mm -hmm. it's like 50-50 that they say they feel less irritable. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I just think that's a great story. Yeah. And I I get people that also have... Are coming to me for the first time treatment because they're like people keep asking me what's wrong yes like they think that there's something wrong because i look upset or i look angry all the time and i don't feel that way and i don't want people to have that perception of me so yeah that's kind of where a lot of first timers are coming that from. brings up a good point um in terms of because a lot of our first time my first time patients tell me if you agree will say, I get them in the consultation, I'll say, what are you looking for? They give me, you know, five minutes of, here's what's bothering me, and then they they finish it off with the flourish of, um, I know it's so vain, but this is but this is what I want. And that I know it's so vain thing. How do you yeah. respond to that? It's not vain. It's, it's taking care of yourself and feeling good about yourself. It's not vain to have clean, healthy skin. It's not vain to, you know, iron your clothes so that you're, you don't look like a mess. You know, it's okay to take care of yourself and take care of your body and take care of your mind and your wellness and do things for yourself. It's not vain to put on, you know, mascara before you walk out the door. I like that ironing clothes thing. Yeah. It's very, yeah. (laughs) 
parallels. Yeah, I I say I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I'll say it's to me it's no different than wearing makeup and, and mm-hmm. coloring your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I kind of like that. I don't really need makeup now that I have yeah. aesthetic treatments. Mm-hmm. Like I like that. I feel like I walk out the door and I'm not worried. Is my makeup you know running mm-hmm. or whatever? But also that you know how we look does matter. Mm-hmm. Like we're created as human beings with mirror neurons in our brain Mm -hmm. which um create feelings inside of us based on the expression we see on somebody else so when you Mm -hmm. walk down the street and you see someone crying you go oh oh what's wrong you feel sad you Mm -hmm. feel compassion or if someone looks angry you may feel intimidated or upset that you've upset them or you know you're going to respond to somebody's expression so if you can soften your expression or if you can make it more reflect what you're actually feeling Absolutely. Totally valid. Yeah, totally valid. So the muscles that we're treating, typically they're starting to form wrinkles when they are overactive or when they're in contraction all the time when they should be relaxed. So whatever you can do to relax those wrinkles will help, will relax the muscle, will help the wrinkle go away. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So we're mostly talking about upper face. Mm -hmm. Now, um, we talked about 11s or forehead angry lines. Now, forehead lines, meaning the lines that go horizontally across your forehead. Um, do you have many people coming in asking for those treated? Yes. Um, I mean, a lot of people, some, some people will even come in asking for just those treated because they don't think that the line between their eyebrows is that bad, but they have stacked lines on their forehead. Um, and I don't recommend treating just the frontalis or the forehead muscle because it's the only muscle in your upper face that's pulling things upward. If you treated just that, then you would have a flat line of eyebrows or a really heavy eyebrow, caveman brow, a heavy ledge of eyebrow. So you need to also relax the opposing muscles. So you can relax the opposing muscles by treating the glabella. You can relax it by treating the obicularis oculi, which is the muscle that wraps around your eyebrow or your eye socket. Um, And it can give you um, less pulling down of your eyebrow and it can decrease the crow's feet too. Yeah. Yeah. I find the forehead to be, I think, the most challenging place to treat, mm-hmm. mainly because it's a very flat, l- like, large in terms of, it's like a big rectangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very highly variable between individuals. Yes. In contrast to different. the frown line area, which are, these are, those are teeny tiny muscles. You stick, you know, one mm-hmm. shot and it's done. Mm-hmm. The frontalis is much more challenging, both because they vary so much between individuals, but also because most of the time people don't want their forehead to be completely frozen. Right. You still want to have some eyebrow movement and your forehead is what helps you with eyebrow movement. And some people, they want their forehead treated and I tell them we can't treat their forehead because their eyebrows and eyelids are already really heavy and they're using their eye, their forehead to hold their eyebrows up and their eyes open. So those people, they may need a surgical treatment for their lids before treating anything with the lines on their forehead, or maybe just get some bangs. <laughs> I, whenever I have a patient with bangs, yes. and they'll say, I really don't like these angry lines, and then, and then they'll say, and I guess I should treat my forehead too, and I'll say, why? That's you have bangs. <laughs> I tell people that too. I'm like, is your hair like this all the time? They're like, yes. I'm like, then why don't then we save some money and not Why would that you area? spend your money? <laughs> yeah. So that is not one that you need to treat with something else. If you don't need to treat your forehead, you don't need to treat your forehead. And and if you change your hairstyle in a year, then come, come back and, and we'll treat your forehead lines. Yeah. No big deal. Botulinum toxin works so well that 
Now, that being said, there are people who have very, very deep lines at rest. Mm -hmm. And those people, I have to be really clear about, um, this line is so deep at rest. And this is the people with tan lines in their lines. That's, mm -hmm. that's kind of how I make the distinction. If you have tan lines in, in your, your lines, yeah. then it's not going to go away on your very first botulinum toxin treatment. It's going to take multiple treatments, meaning a long period of time with the muscle not moving for your skin to heal itself. Mm -hmm. Because that, that line is actually like scarred down. It's a scarred down line on your skin and it's not going to resolve overnight with the treatment. Yeah, it's not going to so. resolve by just stopping muscle movement. Mm -hmm. It's going to resolve by the skin cells turning over, which will happen down the line. Potentially, mm -hmm. like people with really, really deep wrinkles, I can say it might take like two years of mm -hmm. consistent botulinum toxin treatments mm -hmm. to get these lines to go away. But some people get a really nice result if it's not super duper scarred down if they're just starting to form the line it's better to try to catch it early than to let it get that bad absolutely but we can work with yeah people whose people time. whose lines are just starting out have excellent results mm -hmm. excellent results yeah now crow's feet um i i talk a lot of people out of crow's feet do you treat a lot of crow's feet i i treat crow's feet but there are people that I'm either not treating their frontalis or we're going really light somewhere else. Because I feel like if you treat the frontalis and the, the between the brow area and the crow's feet, then you have no movement in your upper yes. face. And it looks a little odd. And so, like, I personally have lightened up on treating my crow's feet because I kind of like to have that little side eye crinkle. Um, I'm not getting static lines. If you're not getting static lines in that area, I would forego yes. treating crow's feet yeah. personally just because I feel like it gives you a little bit more expressive ability if you've already frozen the things not necessarily frozen if you've already softened the muscle contraction in other areas yeah I agree so. and when I when we see people for cosmetic purposes we're healthcare providers right mm -hmm. so we are all about whole person health and in in a cos cosmetic sense we're actually more about socio-emotional health mm -hmm. than we really are about your you know we're not treating your frown lines because they're hurting you medically mm -hmm. we're treating your frown lines because they're hurting you and your communication with other people or mm -hmm. your feelings about yourself so from a socio-emotional perspective i find that taking your smile out of your eyes mm -hmm. potentially has a negative socio-emotional mm -hmm. effect yeah and that is enhanced even more when people are like i want to treat the crow's feet and i want to treat my lips mm -hmm. you know i want to get not not with filler but with watch Linum toxin and we'll talk about this some more also moving to the lower part of the face but I want a lip flip mm -hmm. and I want my nasalis treated and I don't want my nose to crinkle when mm -hmm. I laugh and I'm like okay we've got to be a little bit careful about mm -hmm. totally like it's about removing emotion yeah but also to that effect if you're only treating the upper face and you've not touched the lower face so your upper face is nicely softened you still have some eyebrow movement you might still have some crinkling at the corner of your eyes when you smile but your lower face is hyperdynamic, mm -hmm. that looks weird too. It does. Yeah. It does. So Treatment of the lower face. So we'll, we'll switch gears here now because in my mind, treating the upper face and treating the lower face are two completely different things. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yes. And I have a little bit of, not a hard time, but like I spend time with my patients. So first of all, I generally don't treat the lower face in the first appointment. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Um, I, I, I will on people that have gotten tox treatments before, but if you've never had anything treated before, I let you get used to the idea of exactly. an upper face treatment before we start doing other things. 
And I like people to get used to the trajectory of a botulinum toxin treatment, mm-hmm. meaning I'm gonna, it's not gonna kick in for a few days or weeks. I'm gonna be a little bit more frozen at first and then it's gonna soften. And then mm-hmm. two months from now, I'm gonna have a little more movement back and then it's gonna wear off. I like people to see that trajectory mm-hmm. before we start messing with the lower face because mm-hmm. messing with the lower face with botulinum toxin can feel a little funny. Yes. And having personally never gotten tox treatment before, and my first tox treatment, I treated everything. <laughs> did I do maybe that? Maybe a little much. <laughs> <laughs> you did some of it. Did I do it? <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> oh, push his glasses up nose. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I don't recommend if you've never had it done before going all in maybe just so my big thing about the lower face treating Mm -hmm. lower face i had this conversation with people a lot is like okay here i think you would really benefit from this but i Mm -hmm. want you to know that after we treat this even after it's kicked in when you look in the mirror it's not going to look any different Mm -hmm. because when you look in the mirror you're not moving you're not talking exactly you're not chewing you're not laughing you're not hmm you can't look at your profile yeah Typically, when I start recommending lower face treatments for people, it's because during the consultation, I've been watching uh-huh. how they move and yeah. how they talk and how they make their facial expressions. And when you tell me about something your kids did or something your husband did and you make that face that you make at them, then yeah. I start seeing, or if you start complaining to me about like the oral commas that are like on the sides of your mouth, the little lines that are etched mm-hmm. in there, if you start complaining to me about those, or if you're concerned about jowling that's starting to form Mm -hmm. because you're like "Hmm, i'm starting to look like my mother or my grandmother or my Mm -hmm. dad and you're noticing that jowling that's forming then i think maybe the lower face treatment or if the corners of your mouth are really heavily pulled down Mm -hmm. relaxing that muscle can be really beneficial i agree the other two things i can think of just off the top of my head are people who have a very high um resting tone so what i mean by that is even when they're resting so when i'm talking and they're listening to me i'm watching the up the white part of the upper lip if that's really tense while i'm talking to Mm -hmm. them that's a sign that that muscle is overactive and is going to if it hasn't already is going to lead to lines forming over the upper lip it's also going to contribute to degradation or breakdown of the pink part of your upper lip so sometimes people come in and say i have no upper lip it's completely disappeared and i'm like well we we can't just put filler in the pink part of your upper lip we need to deal with this whole area because it's all moving a little too much the muscle and the skin and everything and some people a lot of people hold tension in their jaw and their chin and you don't realize how much you're holding in your jaw and your chin but when you look at these people they're constantly like their their chin is just puckered up and mm-hmm. you get that orange peel appearance on your chin kind of yes. like the dimpling but it's because that muscle starts at the bone and it projects outwards and like it attaches or ends at the skin in like little finger like projections so that's where you get that dimpling from yeah so and people will often muscle. say um I feel like it looks like I have acne scarring on my chin, but I never had acne. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, we're going to treat this with, I had a, I had a young lady and she was like so hesitant about to try any botulinum toxin at all. She, we, she had like multiple appointments before she ever decided to go for it. Mm-hmm. And that the first thing I treated was her mentalis and that was really? it. Only the mentalis. Hmm. The before and after was like amazing. Yeah. But it's hard for people to understand that they're contracting a muscle that they don't like realize they're contracting. Right. Cause you ask someone to like, contract the muscle on purpose and it's hard to do and you're like why am i treating this if i don't even know how to contract that muscle but you're doing it naturally when you talk when you yeah make faces when you're just sitting there like you can as as a trained injector i see people the way they hold their mouth Mouth, and their jaw and 
that it's contributing to forming lines in that area or contracting that muscle, even though you're not intentionally doing it. Yeah. And I often will have the conversation with people like, so when you look in the mirror, you're, you're not necessarily going to think you look any different, but over a period of time, treatment of with botulinum toxin in the lower phase is very effectively anti-aging. Mm-hmm. It's going to save you over time because you're going to stop wearing down these tissues. You're going to slow down the wearing down of the fat and bone in the area. So all of these aging things, including lines over the upper lip, the turning up of the chin, think of an angry witch, Mm -hmm. we just had Halloween. So think of an angry witch with the turned up chin and the really thin lips and all that tension. I can't even do it because I have so much here i'll do it i have like a hundred <laughs> units uh yeah so i love treatment and um so these are called the dao the depressor angular oris muscles they come down on the corners of the mouth so they contribute to the marionette lines um and also Jowling. turning down of the corner of the mouth and then jowl formation mm-hmm. and then the mentalis muscle which is the chin muscle it's actually a pretty meaty muscle you can mm-hmm. squeeze it um very beautifully anti-aging now also we touched on but let's talk more about a treatment with botulinum toxin in the upper lip yes um so some people will call that a lip flip mm-hmm. i i'm not a huge fan <laughs> honestly i've had a few of them did you have a lip flip i had one i did it once and i didn't love the way it felt Do you, i don't, but you I don't, don't think i really needed it smile for me yeah you don't need it i didn't really need it anyway yeah. So it just made me feel like I wasn't moving my upper lip properly and I couldn't whistle, which bothered me. Or sip out of a straw. Or sip out of a straw, which I try to avoid doing anyway because that just makes the lines worse. But what I've done for some of my patients, especially people that have like really strong lip lines or some people call them smoker's lines or the barcode above your your lip or straw lines, whatever you want to call them. Um, If I treat a little bit higher than a traditional lip flip, I get a much better result for it. Um, And it it gives them a softening effect without affecting their speech and lip mobility. Yes, yes. So So. I've done a little research on this recently. Mm -hmm. And what I did not realize is that your orbicularis oris muscle, which is a sphincter muscle, it actually has two parts. Mm -hmm. So there's different muscle tissue in the pink part of the lip than there is in the white part of the lip. So when we talk about lip flip, let's be a little bit clear about this. That is specifically for people whose upper lip, pink part of their upper lip disappears Disappears when when they they smile. smile. So I'm a really good example of this. I do not have a lip flip and I will show you. Um, I will try for those of you on YouTube. You won't see this if you're on podcast. I know you know that, but so here I am with my huge, big smile. See that my upper lip completely disappears. Yeah. Now, I've had a lip flip, Mm -hmm. and I did not feel like it made... A, it didn't make that much of a difference. Some people, it really does. I've had some, especially older patients, that it's really the muscle that's Mm -hmm. causing it. It made a big difference for them. So, the point being, it's a very slim population of people who this treatment is effective for. Do you agree? Yes. It is effective for some people. Yes. But not everyone. One that I think is more effective for more people that have the problem is um, treatment of gummy smile. Yes. I love treatment Which is of a different, smile. actually, muscle. It's a different muscle. Yeah. Yes. So um, when we say gummy smile, we, you can probably th- think of somebody that you know who, when they smile, you see like an inch of gums. You can see the teeth under their gums. Yes. And that can be, you know, an it's aesthetically thing, bothersome yeah. thing. People mm-hmm. are like, I really don't like this. I feel embarrassed to smile. So now, And a lot of people don't know that that's a treatable thing because it's just a muscle that's pulling extra tight when you're smiling. It's just pulling up Mm -hmm. north towards the head. Mm -hmm. So if we just soften that, your lip doesn't go up quite as far. But you can still smile. Yeah. 
And remembering that from a holistic perspective, we're treating socio-emotional impact of of your aesthetic, meaning your appearance. So it is not only other people's perception of you, but your feeling and perception of yourself. Mm -hmm. So there are people who are super, super self-conscious about the gums that show when they smile. And they actually go about life trying not to smile. Just so that they're not, yeah. Because they feel yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. Now, you know, somebody tells me, oh, well, that's vain. I don't think that's vain. I don't think that's vain. If I have a huge zit on my face, I'm going to cover it. About it yes. About like, it. Yeah. come on. I mean, I'm not saying gummy smile is the same as a huge zit. But yeah. you know what I'm no. saying? No. It's not vanity. No. But again, that is and it doesn't, a different it, muscle. And it doesn't bother you. Great. So going back to lip flip mm-hmm. um, specifically, it's a tiny, tiny dose. So the problem with that is that it, it even last. if it works, it doesn't last very long. Right, right. So I, what I'll do is I had a patient come in recently who worked in testing dermal fillers. Oh. And she's like, I will never get dermal filler. I, I'm <laughs> never going to do that. I know that it's a foreign, but like she just had this thing. I said, foreign substance. Yeah. I was like, why? Uh, like, why? Like, mm-hmm. what do you know that I don't know? And mm. she was like, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Like I... She didn't have anything specific. She was just like, I've worked with it in the lab. I'm never going to get it on my face. I'm like, Mm. okay. She came in for a lip flip like four times. And Mm -hmm. finally she was like, all right, just fill my lip. (laughs) And so that's usually where where it leads people. If you like the way it looks with a lip flip, then you'll benefit from a little bit of filler in your upper lip. It's not going to change, you know, it's not going to give you big, huge duck lips. It's just going to give you a little more support in that upper lip so that the muscle doesn't push it down and under so far. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So lip flip is different, I think, from treating with botulinum toxin in the white part of the upper lip. Right. Now, that is specifically for people with a very tense upper lip mm-hmm. with lots of lip lines, smoker's lines, or um, uh, barcodes. Mm-hmm. And those people, I really love the combination of botulinum toxin in the white part of the upper lip combined with a little bit of skin strengthening treatments Mm -hmm. in the white part of the upper lip. It Mm -hmm. softens the appearance of everything and it removes that like witchy appearance. Yeah. 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 We don't want to look like witches. No. Just be one on the inside. (laughs) So we've touched on all of the, um, yeah, we got to talk about bands and the masseters. Oh, and the masseters. Yeah. So platysmal bands are, your superficial neck muscles that are These. kind of like sheets that come up. When you say e, they come out on they, the sides they of your tense neck. They tense up. Yeah. So you can use them when when they're tensed. They're pulling down and pulling your skin down with it. When they're relaxed, they kind of like pull the skin up with it. So they relax and they curve back up underneath the curve of your jaw. So by doing that, it pulls the neck up. So some people will call it like a Nefertiti neck lift when you treat your uh, platysmal bands. Mm. Um, I usually don't treat all of the platysmal bands on people. Usually you feel I'll like your head like, will fall off? No. <laughs> but I mean, you still have your sternocleidomastoid, so that's, you know, hanging everything on pretty good. But I feel like the like the two the under ones here... In the front. And the ones that also, so your platysmal band actually comes up onto your jawline a bit too. And where that does, some people will get the extra jowling. So specifically when people are concerned about jawline contour and um, jowling in particular, I'll, I'll suggest treating DAOs and the platysmal band that it kind of like meshes in with here mm-hmm. on the side of the face. Yeah, and I also typically stick with platysmal bands like above the curve of the neck. Yeah, yeah. I don't go down No, here. I do up here. Up here. I don't treat down here either. Yeah, to get the like suction yes. of the neck. Yes. Um, that um, doesn't that doesn't affect you really functionally, meaning you're no. not, it's not, 
you're no, not, I mean, when not you able a, to do anything. When you have a facelift or a neck lift, they like stitch those bad boys together because sometimes they start to separate and they start to pull apart and that's when you get like a really aged looking neck. Hmm. So when you have a surgical neck lift, mm-hmm. they stitch those right together. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then it be, kind of becomes like a little, little corset for your neck to hold everything <laughs> up in. <laughs> and then ma- masseters and slash or temporalis muscles. Yeah, which we, touch, we touched on for like the medical treatment of Botox earlier on in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it for can also grinding. be cosmetic too because it can give you some facial slimming. Yeah. I don't, I don't really market it for that. Do you? No. I don't like that idea. Yeah. Because here's why. Um, but it depends on the population. Like some populations yeah. naturally have a very squared off jawline. Sure. And I think where I am in... New Hampshire, I'm not getting as much of that population. I have mostly like Northern European descendants in my area. So yeah. I'm not getting a lot of people yeah. with like, specifically people with like Asian heritage will sometimes have a much, much more powerful master muscle and they can get some significant slimming with that. Yeah. Hi- so. Hypertrophy or yes, overgrowth of the masseter muscle. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing about the masseter. It's a very, very large dose because it's a very large muscle. So it actually lasts way longer than three months, mm-hmm. first of all. Second of all, um, maybe, I, I don't know, if, I think it's common knowledge that when you weight lift, specifically do weight-bearing exercises, you increase your bone density, right? So as women specifically age, uh, doctors will recommend do weight-bearing exercises to increase your bone density to prevent osteoporosis, right? Mm-hmm. The um, masseter muscle is the only weight-bearing muscle applied to the mandible, which is your jawbone. Mm-hmm. So if we weaken the masseter for continuously mm-hmm. over a period of years, we actually weaken the mandible. Oh. And it becomes osteoporotic or, or thin and weak. Mm-hmm. Now, I also, um, in my anesthesia career, do quite a bit of, of, of anesthesia for dental work. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen is that as we age, it's also normal to have changes within the mandible related to our teeth, right? So people who get like cysts that form totally, you know, it's not like they had bad health care or something. Mm-hmm. They just have cysts within the bone that can thin the bone out really far. So I'm actually really resistant, even in even for the purpose of jaw clenching, which mm-hmm. I am an avid jaw clencher, mm-hmm. avid all night long. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't I treat it. Very nice mouth guard that I have to wear because yeah, of that. Me too. too. Yeah. I I wear the mouth guard even when my masseters are because <laughs> I'm just like not taking the risk. But I still recommend to everyone that take breaks in between. Mm-hmm. Don't let your masseter be treated 24-7, you know, mm-hmm. for years and years because you will weaken your mandible. There's no other weight-bearing muscle within the, that, in the uh, face. That, that pulls on the mandible. The other thing I like to mention is that even when we treat this, um, I have not noticed any functional differences. Have you? No. Meaning it's not like I can't chew can't, steaks. Yeah, suddenly. you can still chew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so also I can still clench my teeth at night. Yes. Yeah, so I still wear my my mouth guard and mm-hmm. I still recommend that people wear their mouth guards mm-hmm. even if I treat their masseters. Absolutely. Cuz there's actually quite a few uh, muscles that are working and we touched on at the temporalis which is up kind of um, a little bit north sides of your head above of your, your ears. Yeah, above your ears. Um, that's a very lo- like um large in terms of surface area it's not a very thick muscle but it's very large and it contributes to some of that clenching at night so we mm-hmm. can also treat that on top of the masseter um, most typically if you're getting like migraines related yeah. to it um you can also treat like the back of the head in the um occipital muscle and the trapezius, trapezius muscle oh I, I <sighs> have you done it yes 
Did it feel good? It felt really good. And it was... <laughs> I uh, need to try that. It was It was definitely... It made a big difference. And people that are specifically telling me, like, they have a massive knot in the back of their mm-hmm. trapezius, and they're getting headaches, and they're getting, like, yeah. pain. Like, get evaluated if you're having numbness, tingling in your hands. Like, if yeah. you're having chronic migraines, like, get evaluated by a neurologist. I'm not going to fix something in your neck. But if it's strictly a muscular issue... A little bit of toxin there it makes a huge difference almost instantaneously because mm-hmm. of the action the of the needle, needle going in. Mm-hmm. And then your treatment lasts for a few months, but while it's working, go get daily, like weekly massages, monthly massages, do something like that for yourself mm-hmm. to maintain that relaxation. And then you don't have to get it treated over and over again. But it's yeah. great if you're just like, hmm. like in agony because it's bothering you all the time and you're holding so much tension in your trapezius just to forcefully relax it and then continue to work on it with massage is really helpful yeah yeah oh that's a good tip i've never tried it i do have continual pain in the back of my neck but i'm not willing to weaken the muscle it really didn't weaken the muscle really it's just kind of enough to like take that like i've been i've been lifting weights did you know i know you're getting strong i i lift nice I back squatted 130 pounds i told my trainer i'm like i don't know if that's a lot but it feels like a lot (laughs) Dan saw me once. I was about to like row something, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's too much for you." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh, I got Whatever. it." <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, have we answered all the questions about botulinum toxins? Yeah, we've covered. We've Question covered number one is always: Is it safe? Yes, it's safe. Yes, it is. So there, there are risks involved, and the risks involve the fact that it could get into the muscle that you didn't intend to put it into mm-hmm. because the muscles are close together. There's no way of knowing exactly where the muscle is, but we do it based on your anatomy and your movements. Um, So it is very safe. We keep it out of danger zones that could potentially cause your eyelids to be weakened or things like that. Um, If something did happen, it's temporary and it's treatable and it's not going to last the full three month duration. Mm -hmm. It may only last two weeks Mm -hmm. that you actually have the problem from any treatment that's not placed in the proper area. Yeah, I always tell people that, like, even if, you know, the worst that can happen is you don't like it, mm-hmm. or, or it hits a muscle that it's not supposed to, and then that will wear off. It's not going to make you have more wrinkles than you did before. No. Your skin's not going to, like, melt stretch out. when it comes yeah, out. I don't understand that out. whole stretching out thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it either. Like, how would it stretch out? <laughs> I'm not sure, but people are <laughs> concerned about that. And there's blood vessels in your face, so you could potentially bruise from a treatment. It's pretty pretty rare we try not to poke i don't have a lot of problem with bruising do you have it i mean occasionally there's been like like i personally have had pinpoint bruising like on Mm -hmm. my forehead from the treatment but i bruise like a peach yeah so i do have one or two patients who like oh they're like oh yeah i bruise every time no big deal Mm -hmm. but then i've had other patients that come to me and say wow this is the best treatment i I bruise every time when i go and i'm like how i don't know what we're doing I do, like, the the needle that I use, you use 31 gauge needle, mm-hmm. it's like the size of a strand of hair. Yeah, it's a very basically. small needle. It's tiny. And as far as, like, pain-wise, like, I have some people that are very nervous about just getting injected with a needle, but most people get over that pretty quickly and realize that it's not really that uncomfortable. It's a little tiny pinprick, and there's distraction methods we can do to make mm-hmm. it more comfortable, mm-hmm. and... You can apply ice. You can do things to kind of like numb the skin up a little bit before you do the actual injection yeah. if you're really, really concerned about it. I usually say that um, it feels like a, an eyebrow hair being plucked. Yes. That's the yeah. worst. That's kind of The like, worst one is like a... Oh. 
Yep, that's kind of the extent. Although, if you're a man, it might be a little worse than that. My dad, I treated my dad, and uh, I've never heard so many curse words come out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. He had, like, you know, frown lines, and he was... I was like, oh, whatever, let's try it. Well, he was sitting in the chair, and I gave, poked him one time with the tiniest thing that you've ever seen. He was like, <laughs> yelling. <laughs> the needle came out. Seemed like well, maybe there was some anxiety associated with that. Like, maybe he was just so worked up beforehand that the smallest little poke just was like, you know, a little. I was like, Dad, okay, little, calm down. Much. I was like, I've never had a woman do this ever. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for helping yeah. me with this conversation. It was this great. Good. I love having the back and forth. I like learning from what other people say. and yeah. This was fun. I send thank all you. my patients, too, when they need their lasers. <laughs> and I send them all to your YouTube page to learn about Oh, everything. good. Yes, <laughs> do. I hope that was helpful, and I hope you enjoyed it. Please like and follow the page for more, and let me know how I can serve you better next time.